0: If you do your best job under your guidelines, within your boundaries, what you will win is respect. This is Three Marketers' Walk Into a Podcast, episode 45. You're listening to Three Marketers' Walk Into a Podcast, brought to you by the fine folks at Response Suite.
1: Have you noticed how many entrepreneurs start a business to have a lifestyle of freedom and then end up just giving themselves a job, where they work more hours
2: and harder and more strenuously than they would in any job? And what's more shocking is many of them don't even realize they've done it. I know one of the things I overquote without a doubt is Michael Gerber's The EBIT. If you haven't read that, I know you have, Rob. But listeners, if you haven't read that, please go out and listen to it. Or hang and around and for long enough and Kennedy will read it too. I will. I mean, honestly, if you, if you brush past me, I'll just re it you. One of the things that people do all the time is they think, I'm going to create this great business where I'm going to make phones or whatever. And you end up starting to make phones, but then realizing you also have to do the marketing to get that phone to sell and then you have to do the finance to get paid then you have to employ some people so you end up doing HR and you end up doing all these different things that you didn't want to, didn't want to did do you end up dropping your pen I, did, I just dropped my pen you probably <laughs> didn't hear that I was going to leave that out with a podcast there and sound professional but, but what ends up happening is you end up doing all of those other things and you hardly continue making phones mm-hmm. so not only are you doing loads of stuff you didn't want to do you're also doing less and almost none of the stuff you did want to do because you've created that job for yourself.
1: (laughs) Hello, by the way. This is Rob and Kennedy Hello, from Response Suite. We went straight
2: in there, did we? We just cracked on.
1: (laughs) And that's what this episode is really all focused about. It's about how you build a business that is focused around you, that serves your customers in a better way by giving yourself more free time and more flexibility to live the life the way you want it to live
2: and have a business that supports that rather than pins you down. Yeah, and, and, and for me, I mean, if anything like me at all, you are at the beck and call of your customers. Like if a customer says to me, i have really having a problem with this thing, will you help me out? I mean, I used to run my Q&A webinars for members of my membership program back in the day at like two o'clock in the morning because I sent out a survey to all my members saying, hey, what would be the best time and day of the week that you'd like me to do my live Q&As? And the answers came back at 2 a.m. on a Tuesday. Just based on their time zones. Just based on yours. their time zones. Yeah, because they're all over the world and then I was like oh great so I had to get like set the alarm for like one thirty, redo me hair and, and be in the sort of video studio to do my Q&A's with my members and the truth is as you said to me Rob you know what I mean I had this discussion with Rob and he said to me rightly if you just haven't bothered asking them you'd be doing them at the best time for you and that's how I do it now
1: and people would still come and they'd enjoy it. And, and that would be enjoy the way it, it is. Yeah, you know, yeah. you, you can't go to shops at three in the morning. Let's be honest, the reason you
2: started being an entrepreneur, the reason you started out in business yourself is because you didn't want to have a boss tell you what type of show up for work or you didn't want to have a boss tell you what your work should be that day or where you need to be. That's the reason you became an entrepreneur, right? Mm.
1: Now part of what you're going to learn today, it kind of comes down to picking the right clients and not being afraid able, uh, not being afraid to fire the clients that aren't right. That's uh, one of the things, if you're a sort of a high-to-get coach, consultant, or service provider and you work with people for a reasonable amount of money, then we'd recommend that you have an application form in place that helps you to find the right type of clients and put your service in front of them. So that kind of vet your clients in advance. That's why we put together a template for the perfect application form for anyone who is a high-ticket coach, consultant, service provider. So you get people to apply to work with you, and then you can kind of weed out the people who aren't going to be a great fit and work with the ones who are. So uh, you can download this this template we've put together for you. It's a PDF packed with content. You'll find it over at perfectapplicationform.com.
2: And before we go into this episode's content and interview, we're going to go into Rob's quote of the week. Yes, because as they say, if there's no mouse on the perch, there's
1: no room in the fridge.
2: How true, how true. So this week, our expert interview is with Elise Bennon, and we'll be talking about freeing you from the chains and the shackles of your customers and not being a slave to your business and allowing your business to work around you, your lifestyle, and the freedom that you want to create for yourself. Let's get into it. Elise, hello. Welcome to Three Marketers
0: Walk Into a Podcast. How are you doing? I'm well, thank you. Thank you for inviting me.
2: We're very excited to have you here. We really are.
1: Now, one of the things that lots and lots of marketers and entrepreneurs and business owners, it's a kind of a trap they fall into, is that when they start their business, they're so keen to make sure they get customers or clients that they sort of, truthfully, bend over backwards and kind of you know, give, give up their lives and their lifestyle in order to make sure they can best accommodate their customers. And actually, it's a trap that then lots of entrepreneurs struggle to get out of. I know this is something you're quite passionate about, being able to make sure that you run a business that serves you and your lifestyle as well as your customers. So how can somebody break free from that sort of rat race and that trap of over-serving their customers?
0: Well, it's a mindset, actually, that needs to be cultivated. And one aspect of the mindset is the The fact that you're not the employee, your client is not the boss, you are the boss, it is your business, and your clients are the people that you serve, but they're not your boss. So you really have to understand that and take the leadership position, essentially, of running your business and running the projects that you're working on with them. And then the other aspect of it has to do with marketing, and my business is all about marketing, because if you don't market your services, then you're essentially relegating yourself to taking whatever comes along, which people glorify and call word of mouth. But I don't think word of mouth is actually such a good thing because it's really just taking whatever comes along. So if you market your business, then you always have prospects in the pipeline and better prospects coming along so that you can essentially, if the customer is asking you to do things that you don't want to do or abusing you in some way, you are free to let them go or put them in their place, because again, you're the one in control of your business.
1: That's cool. I want to talk about firing customers a little bit later on. First of all, let's have a chat about this because presumably a lot of this comes down to setting expectations in the first place. In other words, setting yourself some some sort of boundaries of what you will and won't do and then making sure that you don't over promise to a customer. Can you talk about that a little bit in terms of how do, you actually set, how do you actually decide, well, this is what I want my life to look like and therefore I have to build a business that accommodates that?
0: Well, I mean, you do have to decide what you want your life to look like first and I mean, you have to make those decisions. Do you want to work around the clock? Do you want to have a couple of days off? Do you want to be constantly thinking about your clients? I mean, you have to make those decisions, but what's important in terms of Attracting the people who will comply with the way that you run your business is essentially making sure that in the marketing process, in the qualifying process, at the beginning, when you quote unquote want them to like you, you actually have to be setting the precedence for the future. So, for example, a lot of times what I see people do is they make themselves super available or they over deliver at the beginning. And then that becomes the expectation that the client gets used to instead of, for example, saying, here are the boundaries. Like, for example, I offer a free 30 minute consultation or mentoring session. And I do that because that way people know when the 30 minutes is up, the clock starts ticking, right? And then it's time to figure out, are you going to pay for it? How much are you going to pay? Let's negotiate that. But if you just go to a meeting and let the meeting go on as long as it will, then the client's going to think, oh, I can just keep talking and they'll keep answering my questions and helping me. And it's a very fuzzy place and it sets a really bad precedent.
2: It really does, and I can certainly see that happen. That's how a lot of relationships get out of control, and a lot of us can get in that place. And we've all got those clients who we feel are like draining us, and like they they expect so much from us because, and that's usually probably because I imagine because we sort of over delivered in the first place. But, well, we've got to win the work, got to win the work, and we've got to make a really good first impression. But I suppose my question for you at this, at this point is. We're, we all want to do well by our clients. We all want to do a great job. But what we're talking about here is actually making it more of a focus around us. But how do you actually earn a living and how do you become, I suppose, attractive as a, as a prospective supplier to a client if they're not sort of the priority?
0: It's not that they're not the priority, but really, as you said, you're doing the best job you possibly can if you do your best job under your guidelines, within your boundaries, what you will win is respect. That's what you really need. You don't need the clients to like you. You don't need to always be nice to the client. You have to be firm. Sometimes I think you have to train them to work the way you want to work. In fact, I was just talking to a client who's in London, in fact, who was telling me about a bad project that he's working on because the client is running all over him, basically, because he did not set those boundaries up in place. He's going to learn, right? He's learning his lesson next time he won't do it this way. That is how we learn. But if you aren't careful and if you don't train your clients early on, they will just you know, walk all over you. Not because they're malicious or anything, because they're trying to get as much as they can for as little. They're
2: trying to get the maximum amount of value for the investment they're making and the time investment as well as the financial one. So let's take a look at some really tactical stuff.
0: What kind of things should we be setting boundaries for? Uh, A lot of times for communication, right? So how much can they communicate with you? In what ways can they communicate with you? How a lot of the people I work with are designers and copywriters, so they're submitting creative work. And when they get revisions, for example, do, you give, do they give you the revisions all at once or piecemeal or in an email message every five minutes? Like that's a really good example of workflow that needs to be set up and trained into the clients so that they do it in the most efficient way so that, again, you can do your best job.
2: Right. And what it seems like there really is it's a lot of the uh, the boundary stuff comes down to processes and like putting a really good process in place to be able to deal with something. So for example, in our business, we know that we have lots of ideas and we need a place to make sure we store them and take note of them so we can action them later. And it's very easy for lots of ideas, especially when you get into the nitty gritty of them to get lost. So we know that we have a process and one of them is they go into a project management tool. We use Asana here internally at Response Suite. So We know that it has to go into Asana in order to be broken down like that, and we know that there's a certain system for working with our designers and all that sort of stuff in order to get those revisions done. And also, I think there's a big thing around managing expectations around when you're going to get a response, if that makes sense. Because some people, for example, I used to have a a, 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 sort of not a business partner but a JV partner I used to work with, and he would send me a reply to something by email. Then he would text me to say that he'd reply by email. And then if I didn't reply within five minutes, he would phone me to say, did you get the text about the fact that I've emailed you? And I was like, <laughs> dude, leave me alone. So I think having that expectation around like, when I'm going to reply, what that looks like, and what this specific channels for each communication are really, really critical.
1: What I like about this as a thing is, because actually I fell into that trap as well of having somebody, I saw that um, quite a lot of, uh, coaching and consulting services via conversations on Facebook Messenger. And I don't mean the snazzy Messenger bots. I mean, literally good old fashioned me typing messages and then replying. And the problem with that is it means that once the once the sale had, tr- had taken place, I now want to shift them over to email and the webinars and the stuff that I do. But of course, because we've already been in a quite a lengthy conversation on Facebook, it becomes very easy for them to just type messages to me. And that's just inefficient. So what I like about this is that putting these boundaries in place, this is what I get from this anyway, putting these boundaries in place and restricting people's access to you to the most efficient processes means that you get to do a better job of serving them. Even though initially as an entrepreneur listening to this, you might think, oh, well, I can't go back to my clients and tell them to only email me once a day and to only email me through this channel. But actually it allows you to do a better job of serving them because your head isn't all over the place. And that allows you to really focus. And we're going to talk about focus in just a second. Um, first of all, we're going to roll over and play our first little game here at the podcast. Uh, here's how it works. My colleague Kennedy here, hello, that's him, is going to sing a song for you now, Elise, but he's going to sing a song in the style of a traditional British club or pub singer. Raise uh, yourself. And that means that some of the words may be somewhat confused or disguised. Your job, Elise, and dear listener at home, is simply to guess what, co- what song Kennedy sings
2: that wasn't bad that, was that, right. was, that,
1: was, that that was all right at least what do you think it might be
0: uh that reminds me of we are family
1: Oh, actually, not bad at all. It's wrong, but not
2: bad at all. (laughs) I'm going to say not bad, totally bad. It was uh, was actually, of course, you're going to kick yourself now, I tell you. It It was Night Fever by the Bee Gees.
0: Oh, that was from my very favorite movie, Saturday Night Fever.
2: I knew that. That's that's (laughs) why we chose that song. The research we've been doing on you is uncanny.
1: So as I was saying, one of the great things about putting these boundaries and processes in place is it really helps you as an entrepreneur to focus. So tell me that. What does it really mean? to be focused.
0: Well, there are many different levels of focus and often when I talk about it at first I'm talking about focusing on a particular market or niche, but when I do that people get really confused because they what they hear is I have to choose one type of work or one type of customer and then never do anything for anyone ever again. And of course, it's not as black and white as all that. However, if you begin to focus your efforts your marketing efforts first on a particular market so me i'm focused on creative professionals which is a rather broad and general umbrella under which fall graphic designers web designers copywriters photographers consultants marketers etc so right so there's enough space under there for me to build a business and more but what it allows me to do is really understand my customers And the way they think, and especially their pain points, so that all of my messaging and all of my content marketing and all of my advice can speak to their needs, so that when they hear me on this podcast, for example, or land on my website, they say, This is exactly who I need. And that's what you want your best clients, your ideal prospects, to say when they find you, because then making the connection and converting them into a client is really easy.
2: Okay. And so let's just go at the very front end of how we attract those ideal clients. Now we've got that level of focus on that. And now we know what we're looking for and the type of person we're looking for. And we've decided that we're going to only work from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. The rest of the time, we're going to go to the beach. That's cool. It's my life. I'm going to do what the hell I want. We now need to attract clients who fit into that regiment, who fit into that thing. But we need to do that without being mean, without being like a grouchy person being like, Oh, you suck and go away. I'm not gonna really work like how do, what do we do? Like, how do we outwardly communicate that? Do we do that through the very upfront offer when we make it when we're making that offer? Or do we do it once they're on board? When does that conversation happen?
0: It depends. I mean sooner rather than later is important because as my grandmother used to say, there are many fish in the ocean. So it's not like you need any one particular client to convert. You just, to, you just need to make sure that you have plenty of prospects and the, a minority of them enough to build your business, fit into your structure. So yes, I would say if you have an initial conversation with someone, and you usually do have to start with that, then you let them know, this is how I work that's as simple as that. This is how I work. How does that work for you? I usually work between 10 a.m. and 3 p.m., but if you're in London, you're six hours ahead of me, so here's what that's going to mean to you, and if we're going to communicate clearly, then probably it's best if you email me, and then I will get back to you within six hours, 12 hours, 24 hours, whatever it is, but you set it all out directly and verbally and clearly so that everyone is on the same page. And if they can't agree to it, oh no, I'm sorry, I really need you to be able to turn things around in two hours. You know what? That's really not going to work for me. Is there any negotiation room, any wiggle room? No, all right, sorry. Maybe you'll have another project later that will fit better into my process, but I've got other prospects that I can go to.
2: That's really interesting. So, I mean, my my thing is, I suppose, being such a customer-focused company as we are, and we're lucky in that we have a team so we can deal with things probably quicker than a a one-man or one-woman business. But how do you sort of do that in a way that doesn't take... Doesn't come across as mean, like doesn't come across as like, oh, well, it's, it's a, it almost sounds like it could easily in the wrong hands. It's come across, it come across as it's a, it's, a, it's your honor and your pleasure to do business with me rather than remembering that actually we're there to serve a client.
0: You know, it, uh, it it depends on how you hear it and it depends on who you're attracting because I I could see how to say that to someone. They might interpret it as, oh, well, she's really high on her horse and she thinks right. she's all that, right? But then there are other people who have similar boundaries. They might be different. They might be the same and who respect the fact that I put them out there. And those are my ideal clients, not the people who are going to misinterpret what I say.
2: Totally. But it, the other thing you could do, of course, is you can turn this and position this as a benefit to them. So one of the things it, it's quite easy for us all to say is, you know, just look at the verbiage of it and just go, well, you know, one of the things to, to let, just so we're on the same page and no one ends up frustrated because I work between these hours and these hours, the, the best way I've found of working with clients, so you get the best the best response and you get the quickest turnaround on that bit of work is if you send me it through this channel in this time, it means I can get back to you within this amount of time and position it as a real benefit to them. Because actually it is because if you are as you as, as the, as the, as the service Supplier, if you're working within your time frames and you're working, and it just not just I mean, we're talking about time frame a lot, but it's not just time frame, it's the way you work, the type of work you will do, the way you respond, or whatever. Then, if you position it as a thing that is a benefit to them. And you can flip that around. They can now obviously invest in that and say, Oh, I totally understand that, that I'm going to get the, I'm going to get a better service. I'm going to get a better result because I mean, let's give an example. If you're a designer, because that's a, a, one of your niches that you help and support. If you, if you come back to me with like one change today to your thing and then another change this afternoon, and send me 40 emails over a day, it's going to mean that I have to make 40 changes, which means that's a lot of billable time. However, if you consolidate all those changes into one document that you send three days later after you've had time to consume it and write all your notes on it, then three days later, I'll have your complete revised thing, and we don't have to go back and forth, and it means you get everything you're looking for. That sounds like a really great benefit to the client, but of course, what that's really saying is, Stop buggering about. Don't send me 400 emails a day. That's going to be really annoying and take up lots of my time. Please don't do that. But we can position it in a way that's a real benefit.
0: I agree with you. And the other thing you're saying is that you take the time to explain to the client why you've made the choices that you have and why you're putting the process in place that you are. And this comes up a lot with my clients when it comes to how they charge, because often the clients want to. Um, pay them by the hour. So they ask, what is your hourly rate? And I always advise them not to charge by the hour, but but to charge by the project. Mm -hmm. And then they have to explain the benefit to everyone of why it's better for everyone to charge a fixed fee for a project as opposed to an hourly rate.
2: It totally is. Yeah, yeah. And that makes sense. And I think as a customer, I've always wanted to, especially for design work, I want to pay a fixed fee because for example, if I'm getting a new brand done, which includes all my brand guidelines and a logo and all that stuff that goes with it, I don't care if it takes you 400 hours to come up with a really good brand or if it takes you four hours like, your ability to create and your speed of creativity is not really my concern. What I want is to know how much you're going to charge to get me there. And it's really interesting that, that, you, that you agree with that as well. So that's really interesting. So we're going to roll over now and we're going to play our second game of
1: the uh, episode. Now, here's how it works. It's called the yes-no game. It's very simple. We're going to ask you a string of questions. We've got 24 if we get all the way through them. They're all yes or no questions, but you have to try and answer as many of them as you can without saying yes, yep, no, nope, or anything that means those words. So, uh, let's, uh, let's dive in. So we're going to see how many we can get through in 60 seconds.
2: Do you like bananas? I love bananas.
0: How about blueberries? I love blueberries. Have you ever broken a bone? I did have my hip replaced 12 years ago. Really? Huh. You're to win this, aren't you? <laughs> I'm doing my best. <laughs> Do you have an iPhone? I have a phone that some would call an iPhone.
2: (laughs) It's hard this game, isn't it?
0: I don't know. Not so much.
2: You see me doing okay, though, aren't
0: you? Well, that depends on your perspective. (laughs) Is
1: it cold there in Georgia?
0: Very cold.
2: Is it snowing then?
0: It rarely snows in Savannah, where I am.
2: And you're a winner! Sixty seconds. <laughs> no, yeah, no, but no, no. That was quite a challenge. That was great.
0: And I had the additional distraction of my dog pawing at the door because she wants to go out. Double points, <laughs> double
2: the prize money. <laughs> double nothing. Yes. Double nothing is nothing. That's yeah, That was so kind if, of fun, though. <laughs> thank you. So, makes you, you think. Were, if you were to speak, I realize a lot of your work is is possibly helping ent- entertainers helping entrepreneurs <laughs> what i 'm talking about helping entrepreneurs to escape what the mess they 've created, which is usually that being reactive and being a slave to their business. but if someone 's listening right now and they 're about to transitioning into a new business, a new niche, or they 're just starting up I mean I know that not many of our listeners are just starting up, but if they are just getting started. What would be the, ad- the one piece of singular advice you would give them so they don't end up finding themselves in that trap? How do we get going the right way?
0: I think it has to do with having realistic expectations of what it takes to succeed and what success means to you because often what I see happening is people have unrealistic expectations. They think it's going to happen quickly because they want it to happen quickly or they need it to happen quickly. But the reality is it takes a long time of lots of mistakes and uh, effort to actually get a business off the ground and then to the place you want it to be. I mean, it just takes a long time and nobody wants to – realize that and then they get discouraged when it doesn't happen the way they want it to happen so if you're just starting out or if you're transitioning or even if you're in the middle of it and you what i'm saying rings true because that's what you've been experiencing then just know that that's actually normal and keep going
2: right and when you're in that place it is easy to start becoming a slave isn't it and just accepting everything we're going to now head into what we lovingly refer to as the quick fire round want to miss out on more of these fabulous nuggets do you make sure you subscribe to the three marketers podcast now on your
0: podcast player
1: so here we go first of all give us a book that you recommend
0: can i give you two?
2: Oh, all right then
0: uh one of my favorite books is called the most human human By Brian Christian. The Mm. subtitle is What Artificial Intelligence Teaches Us About Being Alive. It's really wonderful. And a more recent book called 21 Insights for the 21st Century by Dr. Yuval Harari. Mm.
2: Awesome. And what's one of your top success habits? Something that you do regularly?
0: I refuse to multitask. (laughs) Who do you look up
2: to, Elise? Uh,
0: One of my models is Marcus Aurelius the roman emperor
2: interesting i bet you've got all the costumes
0: what are your favorite apps that you think are super cool right now uh for time tracking i love function fox and for meditation uh also someone i look up to sam harris has uh, an app called the waking up course which i really enjoy
1: Mm. big important question here Elise. who do you like more redhead
0: rob or platinum head kennedy oh i think i like kennedy
2: yeah, is the right answer. Oh, love
0: it. <laughs> Only because I could see Kennedy. I didn't really see Rob.
2: Exactly, and that's the way it should be. <laughs> Heard but never seen. Finally, tell us, please, at least where can folks go to find out more about you.
0: Uh, My hub is marketing-mentor.com and the best thing to do there is to sign up for my quick tips.
2: Love it. Thank you so much for sharing all of your passion and your insights about helping us get away from being a slave of our business. Thank you so much for joining us.
0: My pleasure. Thanks for the invitation. I think this is a really big
1: mindset thing for people to take away and say, actually, do you know what? I can do a better job of serving my customers by putting some sort of regulations, restrictions, boundaries, that's the better word. I mean, one of the reasons place. that
2: so many of us get get sort of frustrated with our suppliers is because we don't know what to expect. We don't know that we're going to get a response at 2 p.m. each day. So we, we send out an email to them with some ideas and some feedback, whatever it might be, and we don't know whether... Three hours later we should reply going and just checking that you' got that email like when but if we know two o'clock the next day we're going to have a response, and then that doesn't come, then we know it would change. up, so, no you bang on, and it's all about setting those right expectations, isn't it? Yeah, so, I'm mean, doing it in the right
1: way. Yeah, 100%. So if there's anything that you've missed from today's episode, don't forget you can grab the show notes that Grace has put together for you. You'll find them over at blog.responsesuite.com forward slash zero four five. And if you've enjoyed today's episode, which I know you have, make sure you go and leave us a review uh, on iTunes. You can do that by heading over to responsesuite.com forward slash iTunes. Or of course, you can go and find your favorite podcast
2: player. That's all for this week. We'll see you next Monday don't miss a thing check out the show notes at blog.responseweeks.com.